Hello Gen X, welcome back to the water cooler. It's good to see you again and have you back from the holiday break and gather around the water cooler. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff uh, to unpack uh, this week. A lot going on, which is unsurprising. You know, we're we're all back at work. We're not protesting. We're not doing any other kind of nonsense that so many others are doing because you know we're Gen Xers and we are productive and we are self sufficient. So. It's good to have you back and have a little bit of time to chat, but a lot of certainly a lot to unpack uh, over the holiday. Uh, first thing I want to touch on is that uh, tragic bombing in Nashville um, on Christmas morning. The few details that have kind of trickled out are quite bizarre and don't really know what to think of it. And the first thing that comes to mind um, with anything like this is simply to wait for the facts. Now, in our indulgent, self-indulgent social media days, there always tends to be a rush to judgment. And anytime there's a bombing or a, or a shooting of any kind, of course, the, the knee-jerk is to say this is some, you know, white supremacist, disaffected male, blah, 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 blah. Well, who knows? First thing, we have to wait for the facts. And they're a little bit uh, trickled in, uh, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, the first thing is, is this dude in, the, in this uh, RV that he ignited in in driving down to this downtown area was you know played a track to you know, warning you know, people to you know to evacuate and then he played the Petulia Clark song downtown which is just odd and he blows himself up you know, don't know much about the motives apparently they found some remains and and they were able to identify them but again, the the investigation is underway, and so I, I I can't really say one way or the other what this is and why this is. Uh, it's a, at least a, a blessing that no one else seems to have have lost their lives in this thing. Although there is a certainly a tragic amount of damage uh, that that came from this. I think there was a gym that neighbored this place that was completely destroyed, and you, you feel bad for the business owner there although everything's locked down anyways but um it's it, it's it's certainly a, a sad thing to have seen particularly over holiday and on, on christmas and we'll, we'll wait to see what comes out as the investigation concludes here the one really though really bizarre thing that that, that came from this you know outside of your you know your typical you know, you know twitter hand-wringing and shaking the you know, fist at the sky was the the footage of the Nashville mayor on on Christmas as he was updating it with some to the fact of well hope there are hope there are no more bombings today and 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 he laughs which is just odd I don't know if he was trying to make a joke if it didn't hit but it was weird if I were a resident of Nashville regardless of the part I don't even know what what party this guy's from but I I would you know certainly think this guy a fool it was really bizarre i don't know if he had, had a chance to see it but it was certainly strange and under the circumstances you know certainly unbecoming of someone in a in a leadership role to to have that kind of reaction um but again we're we're, we're in a, a world where you know these these shortened clips and audio clips and video clips are, are what we tend to 
um, make a lot of our our judgments on you know, without knowing you know the the full uh, the full context. But certainly that little bit that he saw from that guy was it was bizarre. And I, I don't know if there's going to be any other kind of fallout from it or if, if he's had any response from it. But that was certainly certainly weird and you know, you know part of a an, an unfortunate incident that that happened over the holiday. Um, another thing that I, I saw, the uh, Kenosha District Attorney uh, had a very lengthy press conference to announce uh, his decision regarding charges from the Jacob Blake shooting. And he announced that the police involved in that incident will not be charged. Uh, also, he announced that Jacob Blake will not be charged uh, from any of the the charges that stemmed from that incident, and again, just to unpack this one, if, if before all the the riots that that happened as a result of of this uh, police shooting, uh, Jacob Blake, as, at, at the time they called him an unarmed man, and I think the Washington Post even still re- referred to him as an unarmed man even yesterday, although in that press conference. They detailed how he was armed with a knife and refused to to drop it, and he was able to fight off the non-lethal methods of of apprehending him, and he resisted even tasers. Uh, but he he was certainly uh, armed. He had you know, kids in the car uh, that were you know obviously traumatized during that whole ordeal. But he will not be charged. At the time, they were, the police were responding to a call from his ex-girlfriend, uh, the mother of these uh, children, that he had stolen her truck and had also sexually assaulted her, which is what led police to detain and apprehend him to begin with. And, and that's what spurned on the series of events. Now, in in the aftermath of it, again with the rush to judgment, and again, well, I always say you gotta wait wait the facts. When there's a you know a, a small video clip of of him being shot in the back, and they say you know he was unarmed, another you know, you know example of you know, police brutality, and it certainly did not follow that narrative. And the district attorney in Kenosha, who I believe is a Democrat and and quite left-leaning from what I understand. He determined that there was not evidence to charge police in that shooting. And of course, there's your your typical hand-wringing that that came from that. People want their pound of flesh, regardless of of what Jacob Blake was up to at that time. And my my reaction to that, it seems to be the right call that that, the police did not... Uh, recklessly shoot him. It, he wasn't completely unarmed. He wasn't just minding his own business. There was a lot going on that led up uh, to that shooting, and it you know, certainly did not warrant all of the rioting and destruction that followed uh, from that. But my other main reaction to this is I can only imagine how Jacob Blake's ex-girlfriend is feeling today. I mean, she was sexually assaulted by this guy. She was afraid of him. He stole her truck, and it's fine now. Of course, he's he's paralyzed. I I, I don't know if he's you know quadriplegic or paraplegic from as a result of this, but 
I it at least has to give her some kind of hollow feeling that after all he did, um, the fact that he was involved in the police shooting, that at least in the eyes of the district attorney, uh, was Jacob Blake's doing. It was justified, the, the use of force by the police. Uh, the fact that he did that seems to absolve him of everything he did to her. I can only imagine what survivors of sexual assault and abuse feel now as a result of this as well. That if, if somebody abuses them, if, if he's in some high-profile shooting, that everything will be absolved. It, it's, it's strange. It's unfortunate. Uh, but that's, that's his call. That's his, his right as district attorney, and, and he'll have to you know, face his electorate and, and justify uh, this decision. But here we go. And then hopefully there is not subsequent writing that follows from this. Now, again, it's January, so it's freaking cold up in Kenosha. But hopefully that does not happen. Uh, certainly not you know, the aftermath of, of last, last time, because that was unfortunate. You know, Kenosha is a small town. You know, there's not a lot of wealth there. And, 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 and to see the destruction that happened was was quite heartbreaking. Um, let's see, switching gears... Um, I saw this really weird story of the Cong of Congress. I think it was their first session of Congress, and they, as they wrapped up the session of Congress, or maybe in the beginning, I, I don't know. You know, I don't really care. But the a priest was leading them in prayer, and as is customary, and ending his prayer, he said, "Amen," and a women. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> that was really, really bizarre. And it, it certainly got the predictable backlash and just confusion that came from that. It, it's a, it's a weird example of how the political left loves to play around with language and they love to play around with language according to their worldview and, and how they want to codify things. And if, if first things first, amen is not a, a gendered term whatsoever. It's a term that is derived, I believe, from Hebrew. I think it means something along the lines of let it be so. And when somebody is offering a prayer and they say amen... And they get a response from those who are all, who are gathered in prayer, and they say "Amen." It's it's kind of a term of agreement and 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 validating the context of that prayer. Certainly, nothing regarding gender of any kind, and it's just really, really bizarre. I don't know what kind of mentality or womanality leads to this, and it's just strange, but it seems to be permeating in all facets of our culture. This weird redefinition, redefining of, of gender and sex. Um, it's just, it's, it's strange and I don't understand it. Uh, again, I, I grew up in a different world. It's, it, you know, yeah, I took biology courses and I learned about genetics and the language that is coming out from a cultural perspective seems to fly in the face of all of that. And I, I don't know if we need a list of words now that needs to be changed. Um, 
it, it, can something now happen instead of a moment, a moment in a womb moment? It, it's it's just so strange. I um I I don't understand it. I I don't understand the mentality of somebody who needs to have language change just to fit their own agenda and their own ideals. But here we are, you know, and, and it, it, it actually reminds me of, of a story I also read about Latin American countries who are starting to push back and, and be irritated by the term Latinx or Latinx. I, I'm not sure exactly how, but it's, it's this, this weird term that's been coming out in the past several months to define uh, people from Latin American cultures, you know, Central and South America, instead of calling them Latin or Latino, referring to them as Latinx, which would in- somehow encompass any kind of LGBTQ whatever member of that uh, that culture or that heritage. I don't understand it, and to be honest, I, I I try to bend my mind to it. I, again, this is not another term that is not gendered at all. It's a a cultural term. Yeah, you might, just like you would define someone as European or Canadian or American or Asian. That's not necessarily something referring to any kind of you know race or culture specifically or is more regional a regional term but they again they're they're codifying it somehow to meet this pc lgbtq political i I don't i just i I can't i can't wrap my mind around it i don't understand it and i i will never understand it but that's where we are and that's these things. This is something that is important to people, and and I I, I don't understand it. I don't relate to it. Um, but they they seem to want to uh, to to redefine things in, in how we speak and think, and and I I, I don't understand it. Um, but uh, here we are. You know. So a man and a woman. I I, I doubt it's going to stop there. Uh, despite the understandable ridicule that that brought on, um, but uh, here we go. So strap in. Uh, th- this is not going to stop anytime soon. Um, but kind of, sort of related to that, and also from the uh, the file of holy crap, I didn't expect this. A according to NBC News, a new study suggests that. Transgender women maintain an athletic advantage over their cisgender's peer cisgender's peers even after a, y- a year on hormone therapy. Wow. Thank you NBC News. I had no idea. Apparently, transgender women or people who were born biolo- as biological men who compete in athletic events against biological women have a an athletic advantage over these biological women even after a year on hormonal therapy it's almost like like athletically on average men have advantages over 
biological men have advantages, physical advantages over biological women. Who saw that coming? Who, raise your hand. I, I, I did not see that coming. Uh, apparently, uh, in athletic events, men tend to be bigger, stronger, and faster. And, and those who were born biological men competing against biological women have a physical advantage. Wow. So here we are starting off the year with just a mind blower. So wrap your minds around that. Look up that article. It's, it, you'll learn things that just completely defy all your expectations. You know, I, who, 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 who saw this coming? I, but here, here we are. So a men and a women and a blind, mind-blowing study uh, as reported by NBC News. Wow kicking off the new year with with, with just a, a mind blower. Speaking of mind blowers, uh, did you see that cover of Cosmopolitan magazine? They and on this this cover of this magazine, you have this how shall we say heavier lady. Uh, I don't know if we can, can, can we call them ladies. Still, I, I don't know. I'm again with all this gendered language. Who knows? But there's this, this female on this Cosmopolitan magazine, which you know, it's a female magazine. Who knew? And she's a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier, and well, not even a little bit, quite a bit. And the title on, on the cover says, "This is healthy." I didn't know that. Um, again, looking at. All the the BMI scales that I review with my doctor every time I have a physical annually, and and I get you know my blood work, and they take your height, weight, and 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 do that whole health assessment for you. Throw that sucker out the window, because according to Cosmo, this is healthy. So we apparently we don't need to worry about all all of that stuff because this is healthy. I'm not sure what 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 they're getting at. Um, but I'm not certain, I'm not convinced, and, and maybe I need to read a little bit more into this article, into this mind-blowing magazine, that uh, apparently that is, that is helpful. But uh, from what I remember, that uh, is not exactly physically healthy. And But again, I, it, it seems to not be helpful, it seems to be more delusional. Or it may just be another example of this weird nuance of language. You know, just like the weird nuance of the gendered language, this is maybe is along that same line and just for for uh, health purposes. Now, this isn't exactly new. We've seen this before. Um, it's it's you know, trying to celebrate you know, forms and all this other kind of stuff. You know, they had you know, l- you know, larger models in Sports Illustrated and in other different uh, different advertisers and having larger models. Now, to be honest, if that's where they want to go with their models, I don't care. That doesn't mean anything to me. And if they want to appeal to a, a broader audience, fine. And if, if that's if, if that's what they want to see, fine. And, you know, I, I happen to think that, you know, showing nothing but a bunch of wafy, razor-thin models is equally not as healthy. Um, I, I don't think that's healthy either. But again, that's just me. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a you know a, a doctor. So you know, far be it for me to be able to say one way or the other. But I would ex- suspect that being particularly large is unhealthy, as is being really, really, really tiny. 
But according to Cosmopolitan, this is healthy. Now, I, I, I can certainly sympathize with the notion that you don't want to tear people down, um, particularly about how they look and, and things that they may not necessarily be able to control. You know, there's you know, certainly a lot of people who have different issues with weight for many different reasons. Some are biological, some are psychological, and, and there runs the gamut as, as to reasons why you know, you know, people might be a little bit heavier than normal um, lifestyle and, and so on and so forth. But I don't think that diluting people like that uh, is a healthy way to go, particularly in the middle of a pandemic, or at least certainly a pandemic that is, is defined and, and people are, are panicking over. And this particular pandemic is is more susceptible to or more deadly to people who are overweight and out of shape. So you seem to be defining as healthy people who in that exact condition are more likely to have adverse effects because of different comorbidities and so on um, from this uh, particular virus. And calling that healthy, in my mind, does not seem to be quite that constructive. But again, who knows? Uh, it, it was it, it, it's bizarre. You know, a lot of bizarre things as as we start off the start off the year. But again, as we transition uh, leadership here in this country, I would expect that a lot more culturally bizarre things like this are, are going to become the norm, and we will certainly be able to ridicule that as as our cynical Gen X selves. Uh, last thing, quick one to touch on is the Georgia runoff election. Uh, predictably, it seems that both Democrat candidates are going to win. Surprise, surprise. I think there are you know, probably several different reasons for that. First, and not the least of which being that I think there are a lot of people who voted in the general election for President Trump who would otherwise be inclined to vote for a Republican candidate. We're not necessarily Republican voters. You know, they were voting for uh, a particular individual to lead the country and not necessarily down party. And just because these two candidates were running with an R behind their name doesn't exactly mean you're going to get that same support that you did for, as you got for president, particularly in a, in a election in an, in a state that was as disputed as it was. And, and I, tend to think there's ample evidence that there was a lot of uh, fraud that was going on, a lot of vote switching going on, whether it be the software or, or in, in Atlanta, the, you know, covering up and disallowing the, you know, the um, observers to observe the, the recount and having ballots pulled out of uh, trunks in the middle of the night. And you know, this one seemed to follow that similar pattern where you had this close election with the Republicans, uh, leading until you know ninety seven percent of the vote is in and swings to you know thin margin but swings to the to the democrat uh way and and surprise surprise uh the areas that are last in reporting their votes are are very deeply blue areas, which is something again that I just don't understand I don't understand how this isn't a uniform process I don't understand how areas can finish their vote tallying and 
and report their votes in on time, but these deeply blue areas take a lot of time. And, and you know, a cynic might say <laughs> that they're waiting to observe how the vote's going and, and if needed, be able to drop just enough margin of victory to tip the scales for their candidate. And it's interesting how that seemed to follow that pattern in all of these swing states throughout the country, not not just in the general election, but here in this runoff. But uh, the, the Democrats seem to poise to take both those seats, which means there will be a split Senate. And with Vice President heels up, it certainly tilts things in the favor of the Democrats. So you have, albeit small margins in the House and in the Senate, the the balance of power is certainly on the Democrat side with a politician's politician, a corrupt uh, leader taking uh, the presidency. Uh, this sets up for an unmitigated disaster. Uh, and, and just, yeah, at least for the first next two years, certainly you just got to brace yourself for a very, very bumpy ride. I mean, you have a, a president who is compromised by a country in China that is not our friend, um, but he's, he's certainly been compromised by them through his his personal dealings and his family dealings. Um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be it's going to be a rough one, guys. It it, it really will. I mean, ex- expect a lot of economic turmoil. Expect your taxes to go up. Expect more jobs to be exported overseas to China and to India. And in and elsewhere, um, it's 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 going to be a rough one, guys. It it really is. Um, you know, we we saw how in the first two years of the Obama presidency, you know, that led us to the disaster that was Obamacare. I think this is going to the next two years are going to be that, but on steroids. It's it's going to be really really rough. And I mean, you, you got to hope that you know during these two years. You know, people will wise up and they'll be able to shake this orange man bad hatred and and not just simply rubber stamp Democrats. Now, again, this is all assuming that we can trust elections going forward to be legitimate. And and I'm not in a place where I can say that. I, I expect it to be much of the same that, that, we, that we've seen. Uh, going forward, you know, Democrats lust for power, and and again, I, I I wish I could say that Republicans were the answer, and that if we just, you know shift the balance of power, they will do good things. They will certainly not. Um, the best that we can hope is is as little damage as possible. And like I've always said before, you know, well, Democrats may always be bad, with the exception of maybe Tulsi Gabbard. Republicans are only usually bad, which is again not a ringing endorsement, but you know, it's certainly not these you know, these whacked out left wing lunatics that we're just gonna you know, have to stomach at least certainly for the next two years and and, and see how it goes forward. But um, hopefully, on some level, there'll be some kind of populist uh, movement and support, you know, to radically overhaul our election process because what we have now is a joke and it's something that i don't think you know certainly half of the country if not more and and, and to be honest the, the rest of the world they, they, they don't look at our process as being legitimate now i certainly don't you know we need to need to push for strong changes in our electoral system uh, we need to first do away with all of this open-ended uh, mail-in ballot that's it, it's a joke that's just ripe for fraud we've seen it over and over again and th- that just cannot happen we need to 
get rid of all of these outsourced software for counting ballots. Uh, something different needs to be done. And we need to go back to having an election day. Voting in person with photo ID to prove you are who you say you are. In all this effort for, as Project Veritas uncovered, to register homeless people and use a, same, a similar address because they don't have an address, so just use you know, some kind of similar address and just churn and burn th- these votes in your favor. That crap needs to stop. We need to be able to validate and, and prove that people are who they are. We need to be able to somehow audit clearly these votes um, that that people can vouch that their vote is what it is and it's been counted and counted accurately Uh, otherwise uh, we're we're just in a banana republic folks you know rome's on fire and it's just a matter of time until we have some totalitarian regime just putting us in a headlock and 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 uh criminalizing dissent it's certainly, we're certainly heading nowhere good, but it, that, that could be a final hope, but it, it, it'll be up to us to make that happen. And uh, if, if history shows, we've just seen that we vote for the same fools over and over again. So I'm not optimistic that things can change. Things can change, but it has to be us making it happen and certainly not these crooks in Washington and throughout the state around this country but who knows all that being said stay optimistic stay hopeful Uh, we're in the starting of a new year and we can at least poke fun at all the the idiocy and all the nonsense around us and keep being productive and keep being our good old gen x selves until next time stay cool gen x